0: You are listening to the In Her Eyes Podcast. I am your host, Lindney House. Episode number 12. Hello, hello, my lovely friend, and welcome to the In Her Eyes Podcast. I am your host, Lindney House, interior designer, artist, mama, scientist, color specialist, and space coach. Here to help you navigate the beautiful messiness of raising strong, thriving daughters. While you discover the path to a home that inspires you, you will learn to design gorgeous, peaceful spaces inside and out that you can be proud of and love coming home to. Each week, we will explore how individuality and practicality create the harmony our souls crave. Let's dive in, my dear, to all of our souls. Before we get started with today's podcast, which I cannot wait for you to hear, I have a giveaway winner to announce. So the winner of September's drawing for the hand-painted ceramic coasters is Captured Imagery. Um, Thank you so much for your beautiful review. Um, It says, I love Lynn's perspectives and expertise and have gotten so many ideas that excite and nurture my own inner child and love of artistic design. Thank you so much Captured Imagery and we just need to get your address and we'll send those coasters right out to you. So you can either shoot me a DM or you can email me at support at lynnniehouse.com and we will get those in the mail to you right away and if you want to go into next month's giveaway the october giveaway which we'll be drawing for in four weeks all you have to do is go to apple Podcasts, submit a rating and review and as a thank you for taking the time to rate and review the in her eyes podcast I will be drawing a random review and reading it out on air. And if it is your review, you can just get in touch with me and we'll be sending you a pair of those hand-painted coasters. So if you've been meaning to do that and you haven't had a chance to do that yet, go do it now so you get in on the next drawing. Today, we are talking all about how to transform your home even if it's your first home even if you're a first-time home buyer even if you have a very small budget those are not excuses for having a well-designed home. So today we're going to talk to my friend, Jessica Velasquez. I can't wait to introduce you to her. She's an interior designer. She's the creator of the nine limiting beliefs, sabotaging our home dreams. Doesn't that sound exciting? Oh, she's the host of her, My Very First Home. It's a weekly live show now in its third year. She leads the virtual movement of Hashtag Self-Care Begins at Home, which gathers experts in the self-wellness industry to provide transformative insight into how to create a home that takes care of us and sets us up for success. Jessica is committed to enhancing each client's unique home space to manifest and truly support their authentic lifestyle and personal taste. She believes that because our well-being is inseparable from our environment, improving our surroundings is a duty we owe to ourselves. Heck yeah! Her innovative design pillars empower each client to take action, refine their intentions, strategize their dreams, and order their pins into reality, beat decor fatigue, and avoid budget regrets. So I can't wait to introduce you to her. We had so much fun talking about our homes, our husbands, our daughters, um, all of those things that come up in real life, and how to have a real-life home you love. So enjoy. Hello, Jessica. How are you?
1: I am doing awesome and very happy to be here with you.
0: I am so excited to introduce everyone to you. It's been so fun. We have sort of been on our business journey together over we these have. past 2 years. So um tell everyone quickly just how we met each other.
1: We were fortunate to be part of a coaching group for interior designers with Toby Fairley and actually I was just checking my lives, my Facebook lives and realized that it's been 2 years since I did my first one. So yeah, we've known each other for two years for sure. And um, just part of that amazing group of ladies who wanted to take their business from one to one to one to many. Yes, And it was an awesome experience. And I made some great connections like yours.
0: Yes, yes. No, I am so happy to have started this, this journey of moving from you know, the traditional interior design business into something where we can help so many more people. And I'm so excited we've gotten to do that together. So I want everyone to hear how you became an interior designer who specializes in first time home buyers, because I think that's such an unexpected place to be <laughs> as, an, as an interior designer.
1: I get asked that question so many times. Why first-time homeowners? In fact, I was just in another group and they asked me the same question. But I'll give you the background story first. Um, I graduated in Toronto, interior design, and I actually wanted to do retail design. I don't know mm-hmm. if I've ever shared that with you. Um, and I had a few jobs but when we had our first baby uh, at the age of, you know, he was six months old and we decided to move back to Panama where I was born. My, my husband grew up in Calgary and we met in Toronto, decided to move to Panama. And I I went there with a lot of dreams. You know, I was going to be an interior designer in Panama, but quickly became disappointed with mm. the quality of workmanship and just having to deal with contractors and, you know, you know, all that right. whole journey of, yeah. of construction project. And my dad, who is a firm believer in real estate investment, pushed me basically <laughs> into <laughs> real estate. Like when I say pushed me, it's like, yeah, he threw me in the real estate swimming pool And I started learning how to do real estate. And I did that for a few years, Um, had two more kids in Panama. So now we were, you know, we were five, my husband, uh, three kids and I, we moved because of my husband's work, came back to Panama and did, did more real estate, this time with a lot of expats. And, you know, five, six years later, five kids in total, we decided to move back to Calgary where he was born. So now we were seven and I had been honestly out of the real, out of the interior design industry for so long that I felt I was irrelevant. Mm. And my husband, bless his heart, kept telling me, Jessica, this is your passion. Do it. Start again. And I started very... Slowly, but I did start until I found the coaching group we were part of. Mm-hmm. And the point came where I had to choose a niche. And I thought, what experience can I bring in that is different from other what other interior designers bring to the table? I thought I have a lot of interior design, uh, sorry, real estate experience. And I know both sides of the door. I know what it feels like before they take possession. And I know the journey after they've taken possession. Hmm. And I've been a first-time homeowner twice. My first time in Panama. And then again, a first-time homeowner here in Canada. Uh-huh. So I'm aware that we all come uh, to our, that first home with lots of dreams. But first-time homeowners have the same dreams that those that are upgrading, downsizing, buying investment homes, the same kind of dreams But their budgets, their budgets are a lot smaller, and there is a gap. There's a gap, and they deserve to have a home they love, just as everyone else does. So I kind of made it my mission and my message to teach them how to get it done without waiting. You know, three, five years until they feel, oh, I'm buying my forever, forever home. Um, Just love your home now, even if. It's your first year, your starter home. So that's in a nutshell, how I became the first home design specialist.
0: I think it's so brilliant. And you've created, and we're going to talk about these um, a little later on and how everyone can, you know, contact you and, and get in touch with you because you have created so many beautiful resources and programs for that first time home buyer, which I just, I love because it's so easy these days just to throw money at our homes and not have a cohesive plan. So we end up feeling, you know, confused and frustrated and, and detached. And I often find that so many people feel like, well, let's just move and start over. And I love that you've created it as a journey, you know, your first, your first home is part of that beautiful journey. So I think it's it's just brilliant what you're doing.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: So let's talk a little bit about style. Cause I know Mm. I have so many clients who say, I know what I don't like, but I'm not sure what I like. So I know that you have a belief about that. So let's, let's talk about how sort of style and and um, lifestyle go together.
1: Maybe your listeners have heard that famous phrase, form follows function. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically, you know, it's, it's the functionality first, and then the design, the color and the style. So I'm a firm, firm believer that that should be the case for everyone. So in my case, I call it style follows lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And that should be everyone's first uh, priority when tackling any project. Because once you've determined what works for you, what works for your family, for your work style, cooking style, whatever it is that you're working on, then you can layer it up with your colors your personal style accessories but I feel that a lot of people miss that because they want to start they want to start their project with the sexy part right they want to start shopping and choosing colors and choosing mm-hmm. furniture but you and I as designers we know that the most the longest part of a project is defining what works for a particular family or household right
0: right the other just
1: comes naturally because then you know oh this family needs x y and z right we don't start shopping and then ask so right I always <laughs> tell my listeners you know if we the designers do it like that you should be doing that for yourself right yeah and as far as finding okay so so if they determine their their lifestyle and now they're in the the section of okay what's my style now I always recommend to use Pinterest or you know all these apps but pin with a purpose not Mm. just pinning to pin but pin with a purpose and I recommend once you've pinned at least 20 photos of rooms that you like regardless if you're you know designing your bedroom you can pin lobbies and stores and you know living rooms so once you've pinned at least 20 to fun, find a common denominator in those 20 you know 30 photos mm-hmm. and then determine okay what is it that i like why am why am i pinning these is it the feeling and the mood you know all the vibes that i'm getting or is it because it has a lot of whites or a lot of plants or you know, it's minimalistic or maximalist. Right. (laughs) You know, once they, once we find that common denominator, it's a lot easier to define what we look for in a room. And one more thing about that, I I also tell um, or recommend that instead of talking about, you know, the specific style Talk about the feeling they want to.
0: Yes, that's you know. my magic word. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: God! Yeah, because I'm sure you agree. Once we, we feel, you know, okay, I want this room to feel comfortable and zen and like a sanctuary. It, it eliminates a lot of other things. Right. Right?
0: Yeah. And I find that, you know, it's so easy when we're planning a vacation. You know, you know what you want to feel like when you go on that vacation. So when you start looking at your options and all those things, you instantly connect to it. But when people start looking at pictures to help try and describe or pull together their homes, they think, well, what does this look like? You know, what is somebody going to think about this or, well, this ceiling is too high or this is too like they start discounting things without connecting to the heart of what they're trying to create because you know it's great to choose your a destination from an emotion but why do we stick ourselves you know every single day without having that that emotional destination so um so yeah you, um, you you jumped right up on um my soapbox i had a feeling today we were going to um we have so many similar thoughts on the way that design should should come together that um i figured we'd like stand together on our our I like our, that. Our, <laughs> our joint soapbox and you know raise our stand power together <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so um, you referenced your many children. Um, I know one of them is a girl.
1: Yes. So you have you
0: have one girl in a sea of boys.
1: Yes. He's right in the middle, two yeah. boys, <laughs> one girl, two boys.
0: Oh, so I want to just talk quickly about where your style and her style, like, just can you think of any instances where they were either at war with each other or maybe they came together beautifully <laughs> like, like you're laughing go ahead.
1: <laughs> I am laughing because when she turned about 14, 13, 14, she started. Maybe even younger, I mean she started this wearing just dark clothes. <laughs> And I loved dressing her up when she was little in the dresses. Um, You know, I love putting, you know, the little bows and everything on her head, which she always took them off every single time. But the dresses were still part of her. She liked, you know, the, the sandals. She was all into that. And then all of a sudden she turned 12, 13 and she was just just darker clothes and Dark t-shirts. And I was like, why? And then she turned into this phase uh, at 15, where it was a lot of baggy clothes and sweatshirts and plaid shirts. Nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. <laughs> it was just not my style. Um, and it reflected a bit in her bedroom as well. Uh, I wanted to have color in her room and I wanted to have, you know, maybe a mural and wallpaper and all this. And she wanted black and white walls. Mm.
0: <laughs> so
1: it was very interesting to see where that, you know, we our styles changed.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: and uh, I think she's back, she started turning 19, 20. And she started coming back to dresses and flowers, but for the longest period of time, I could not choose anything, you know, no clothes for her because right. I would navigate to like, like a pretty dress, not, not just, I'm not just saying girly and frills and all this or uh-huh. laces. No, I'm just, you know, maybe a little bit more in the softer side of clothing style. Uh huh. And I, I had to stop. I had yeah. to stop because she she didn't like anything of that I chose, and then at nineteen I kind of it kind of turned again, and yeah. I think now we can even borrow clothes from each other some clothes some clothes, yeah. but but it we kind of went full circle. But it took about six years, I would say,
0: yeah. of us
1: clashing. You know, like, yeah. I like black and white walls, but don't you like this on your wall? Yeah. <laughs> so
0: and. And there's a, you know, I I like to talk about that because there's a biological reason that they need to break from us. You know, they need to start to establish their own identity and recognize that they aren't us. Like literally they have to do that. And I find that that conflict comes up when you recognize as moms, we see our, our daughters in this full expression of themselves. And sometimes it comes through to them as us trying to manipulate them. Just want the world to see them as beautiful as we do. And so when they're going through that phase of having to understand who they are, it can be a challenge. So yeah, so it's, it's nice that you recognized it and, and respected it and allowed her to sort of blossom into her own self as she grew
1: and isn't isn't that interesting what you just said translate in so many different aspects of their lives I think as a mother um, regardless of the amount of kids that I have the hardest thing was to realize that I had to let them make mistakes right. and face the consequences and that was really really hard and I have to be honest It still is. Yeah. Okay. I kind of wish I could just tell them, do this. Yes. And this is how things are going to turn. My kids are older. I kind of wish I could choose their wives. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it was very hard for me to realize that they had gotten to a point where their decisions were theirs. Mm -hmm. And even when I could see that they could be doing something different or, you know, it, it wasn't. The correct decision, not just my decision, but the correct one right <laughs> put it that way <laughs> yeah. and I had to let them go, yeah, I had to let them choose, and that was very hard,
0: yeah, no, that's uh, I agree a hundred percent. So it's always it's so hard to step back and and let them learn yes. those lessons of life Absolutely. and I think you know, I I think we have a tendency and I know that I see it pretty often when a girl has this really big idea for her bedroom and it doesn't follow along what her mom thinks. It's kind of just like, okay, you go do your thing without guidance, you know, without all the support. And so I think that when you bring those two things together, that's what I've always tried to offer is like, let, let me be the mediator, you know, let me see her vision and also understand mom's desire to want her daughter to shine. Um, because yeah, otherwise it's just going to end up being two people, butting heads and nobody happy in the end because a seven-year-old can't, can't do interior design (laughs) and I can totally
1: 100% see why mom a mom and a daughter would need a mediator a hundred percent because you're too close to the situation and sometimes as moms we take a no from our kids or not let's just say a, a no let's say a different opinion than ours on a personal basis You're saying no to my idea and my style. Therefore, you're saying no to me. Right. And we take it too personal. Like I said, we're too close. Yeah. So that mediator role, I can totally see it. Like if I might, when we moved here to Calgary, my daughter was 12. So I wanted to paint her bedroom in a bright turquoise color Uh and have all these colors coming, you know, through. And I actually did. (laughs) but I didn't realize that she didn't like it until she was probably I'm going to say 16 Mm -hmm. when she said I want a black wall and then that's when I realized okay what else do you want here but I could have done that process earlier on and help her blossom in her own style and and I think as moms we should all I think every mom here listening will acknowledge and agree that the more we do that, the more we help them grow and gain confidence in their decisions. If we're correcting and telling them, no, this is the way you should do it, then, um, you know, we're either butting heads or diminishing the confidence they need to have in their own decisions.
0: Yeah. And I think the, entire field of interior design has played a role in, you know, how we do things today. It's sort of like either DIY, you know, you, you watch the design shows, you go and you figure it out yourself, or once you have a whole lot of money, then you can have a nice home. And there's really nothing in the middle, which is why I believe that what you're doing is so beautiful because you're teaching people how to create design plans from the beginning. So they've learned to trust themselves, which is I think where interior design as a field and HGTV mm-hmm. has done a huge disservice to populations because you think if you can just buy the things, then you can design, but you forget all about proper planning and how Mm -hmm. to take Mm -hmm. action. So let's talk about that. So I want to just jump back to um, Pinterest for just a second. Sure. And how do you go from Pinterest to planning?
1: That's a great question. Um, I'm calling it Pinterest limbo, actually, because I think that a lot of us, uh, a lot of first time homeowners, they pin a lot dream a lot save a lot of pictures with the belief that they can't afford it and they keep putting it you know aside and i can speak from my own experience when i first bought my first home as an interior designer i had a lot of dreams and i wanted to do it right you know after all you know I'm an interior designer I gotta show the world what I can do this is my website my window to the world I gotta Mm -hmm. do it right and I had all these plans a lot of plans Lynn but uh, as a first-time homeowner too I didn't have a lot of budget I didn't think I could do it all so I just kept you know saving my photos and my ideas Because I had to have have the right budget. I had to have it all figured out. I had to have all the ideas right. And then five years after, we ended up selling our home because we were moving to Calgary. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we did some renovations because we wanted to sell well. And who enjoyed those plants and those ideas? Not me. Not you, right. (laughs) My prior did. So I come from that point of view and you know what they say your mess your mess is your message right right (laughs) so I I come from that point of view that you know Pinterest limbo whether you're in Pinterest or house or Instagram but it's a limbo because we're pinning a lot and we're dreaming a lot and saving a lot of ideas without taking action
0: being able to look at that and see what can be is what starts bringing all of those emotions in like gets you excited and it's as soon as you tap into those emotions is when all of the good things start flowing so yeah so so many times we put off what could be just because of our fear that we we aren't enough we can't afford it Mm -hmm, so that's mm -hmm. so that's so beautiful
1: yeah, I, I think if we could see into the future and bringing it back again to home design, if I can plant or, or place a, you know, a homeowner in their dream kitchen, cooking, entertaining, cooking with their kids, preparing meals, and they could see all the emotions that that brings and then bring back to the present, they will go like, oh, I see it now. Mm -hmm. I want those emotions. And in business terms, we call it the, you know, the lost cost, right? We, what is it costing us to not take action? Right. And in someone's work office, your home office, it might be the loss of productivity for, for a bedroom that is left untouched. And and I just want to, reiterate this for for your listeners we're not talking about expensive renovations and lavish furniture or anything like that right. right we're talking about the changes that fit our lifestyle the changes that we can do within our budget but that actually gives us all those emotions so a bedroom that is left untouched um and we don't like being there it's just like accumulating boxes because we don't know where to put them and doesn't have you know the the pretty photos on the walls and things like that it might look mundane to some people but it really affects us yeah it really really does affect our mood and our mental well-being and and how we connect with others for someone who has a brand new home I've seen it I've seen them in you know kind of excusing themselves oh I haven't done anything you know um, I haven't had the time because they're embarrassed, and some right. of them may not invite anyone to their home because they're embarrassed. So that's what I mean with the lost opportunities. Yes. With it, where if we could just give them a window, this is how you would feel right. if you make some changes. So start doing them now, plan them with intention, just do it, even if it's one wall at a time,
0: right? and. I want to just, t- I want to talk about self care. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the, just the bedroom is the perfect transition to go there because, you know, I always like to tell people what to connect it to that feeling when you walk into, you know, when you've booked a hotel on one of those travel sites and yes. it turns out to be a much nicer hotel than you realized it was going to be. And you got it at such a bargain. And you walk in and you feel like you've won the lottery. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Like, like it's so, it feels so good. And that's how you should feel every day. But instead people go and, you know, their first big purchase is a couch and their first, like it's all the outward facing things when we need to concentrate on taking care of ourselves in our homes. That's why we bought them. You know, we Mm -hmm. didn't buy it to impress somebody. Um, and if we did, that's a whole nother conversation for another true, day. True. We need more help Very than true. we can offer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a different conversation altogether.
0: Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's so let's talk about self care and how it relates to the home, because I think you have a beautiful take on that.
1: Oh, I'm a firm believer that we owe it to ourselves to create a home that takes care of us. Our home should be a part of our support team. Mm. And sometimes we're taking care of our home so much that we forget that our home should be taking care of us. Our home should be a place conducive to all the goals and the visions that we have for us and our families. What we do within our homes creates a culture that our kids will take with them when they leave. So our homes can support us or it can be an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Our, in our homes we can improve our mood. we can we can connect better. it can enhance us or it can frustrate us. it can make us so upset, um, embarrassed. Um, you know, just just making us frustrated with how furniture is placed or you can't find things or you're tired of looking at clutter or things all over the floor. There's just all those little things that our physical environment play a key role in how we feel you know, within us and like in our emotions. So I'm a firm believer that this is something we owe to ourselves. And again, it's not about the price tag at all. It, it, a, a home, an inexpensive design can serve you just as well as a very expensive one. It's not the price tag; it just needs to serve you as a person in your lifestyle. That's why you know again, style follows lifestyle because if it supports that, then everything else can be added on top. But it just really needs to take care of you a hundred percent.
0: Yes, yes. No, I could not agree more, and I love that. I love that you came through the real estate journey. When we're buying our home, we think of it as real estate. We think of it as owning something valuable. And then all of a sudden, once we get in it and get overwhelmed and suddenly it's not everything we wanted, we think it starts to lose its value to yeah. us unless mm-hmm. we take action, mm-hmm. unless we start, you know, unless we stay connected to the heart and the dream and all the things that we wanted to accomplish uh, because that's you we own that space that's why I'm such I hate owning space like owning having space in my home that isn't serving a purpose for me because I've purchased it like Mm -hmm. I've already purchased that space so now it needs to serve you know me my family um yeah and and we've forget that connection as soon as we let our home start to frustrate us.
1: Yes. I'll tell you a a really funny story. Uh, My husband came home one day with a very ugly lamp. I hope he's not listening. (laughs) I did tell him though, he was so excited that he had bought this lamp at, um, I think it was a thrift store. And the minute he came in so proud, I looked at the lamp And I don't know what kind of face I had, but he immediately (laughs) knew I hated it. And I said, you're not putting it here in my living room. (laughs) So where did he put it? Our bedroom. (laughs) Put it in the corner. Right around that time, COVID happened. Our oldest son came in to isolate with us. So we had to reshuffle furniture. And a couple of my accent chairs in my living room ended up One in my bedroom and the other one in the family room. So one day he had put that accent chair in the corner, the ugly lamp behind, and that Lynn has turned into his corner that he loves. And he just sits there and reads. And it's the perfect space that he needed. It's his me corner. And it's just so conducive. That's the word again, Uh to... What he wanted to do, he wanted to read, he wanted to meditate, he wanted to journal. He didn't have a me space and now he has it. Yeah. Ugly lamp or not, yeah. this little corner of our home is serving him.
0: Yeah, And I'm
1: so happy. So I hate the lamp. I still do. <laughs> But I don't dare moving it.
0: Right. But you like, you love what the lamp has become. I I love, I love that story so (laughs) much because I I mean, we actually have something. My husband has the ugliest chair in the world. (laughs) We should combine them. (laughs) And it's so funny because everybody wants me to force him to get rid of this chair because it is, it's like in our main living area. It's, oh boy. it's, it's awful. It's, I mean, it, it was, it's been here since I know him. I only know him in his chair and everybody else is like, Lynn, why don't you, you know, you're a designer. Why do you let him keep this chair? Why do you let him? And I know the sound that he makes when he sits down in that chair Aww. at, you know, after a really hard day and you know, we flip houses, but he's, he's Always going, he's always going a hundred miles an hour. And that is that moment in his day when everything feels great in his world. So why would I take that from him? Yes. Just because it's ugly. (laughs) You know, my sofa is beautiful. I can just look at my sofa and I can be happy. I don't care what anybody else thinks because he's happy.
1: Yes. I bet it clashes. But it's I serving him. I tried to
0: weave it in. <laughs> as <best I> could. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it's just so funny because yeah, even this last Father's Day, the kids were trying to like gang up together to like see if they could buy a replacement uh-huh. for the chair, and I was no. I it's I like when it's when it finally it's been wired back together several times, but when it's well. finally time for it to go. He's the one that has to make that decision and nobody else can because it's, it's his place in the world. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I, I honestly think that there are a lot of things in our beliefs that are influencing how we make these decisions, Uh, whether we are acting or not taking action, it's within us. And if we're not loving our homes, it's not because of our wallet it's because of our minds
0: yes
1: and how we view ourselves within our space Um, going back to my story my own story in in that very first home in Panama my mm, mm, how do you call it negative beliefs my belief was that I would either go big or go home Hmm. right and that mentality that mindset kept me from taking action yeah other moms will say oh I have kids I can't I'm not gonna have the house that I want that I want to have now because I have kids that's a mindset right or others will say oh this is not my forever home it's just my starter home that's a mindset too others will say well, I don't have enough money and to have the home I want, I need a lot of money. That's also a mindset. Yeah. So we are creating all these things for ourselves and we are passing those mindsets to our daughters too. Yes. Unconsciously we are. Yes. Because the way they see us taking care of our spaces is, is the way they're going to perceive the importance of right. their environments too. Right. So, so we we need a lot of things have to change within us and not just our wallets, for sure.
0: Right. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. So just to wrap up, how are there any other ways that you see us sabotaging our home other than what you've talked about?
1: I have nine. Um, this servant believes and they include like I said the go big go home I don't have enough money Um, I'm renting that's another one for those who are renting I can't I don't know how to do it or better said I don't have what it takes
0: Mm. I don't know
1: how to choose colors I don't know about styles that's a big one and yeah for some people it comes easier to choose colors or to cook or you know put together a very nice wardrobe yes but definitely there there are things and processes and frameworks that we can all use to learn and that's why i call it more like an intentional design mm. where we're intentionally not where we recognize that our environment plays a big role in our mental well-being and our in the support of the, the vision of what we have for our lives now we move to building that bridge and we become intentional if your mindset your belief is well i'm not good in choosing colors then let's do something about it right, right? let's yes. learn yes. let's let's you know go to people like you you're, you know talk about colors and or if it is that oh i don't have the money that it takes well let's plan it let's see how how you have you can save if it is that Oh, I have kids. Well, let's look for fabrics that are more you know, convenient for children or pets. Anyways, that is what I mean with being intentional and not just dreaming and pinning, but actually making it happen because you understand that your environments play a big role. But, but if this doesn't happen first and we, if we don't become intentional, then we end up with an unfinished home decor fatigue, frustrated, and reinforcing every deserve belief that all see I'm not good after all (laughs) in doing this. Right. Yeah. But it's it's in in, in us. Yeah. For sure.
0: And the example I always use is if you have you know a pipe burst or you're Garbage disposal goes out. You don't say, oh, well, my garbage disposal doesn't work anymore because I'm not good at changing garbage disposals or there's water coming out of the toilet because I'm not good at that. You just call somebody to help you fix it. Yes. And, you know, it doesn't mean you're replacing the whole bathroom because you have a leaky faucet. You're just getting the help that you need and you can afford to get to the next level of of success.
1: Yeah. 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 And that's why I like online serving so much, because I think um, it's it's closing the gap.
0: Exactly. And exactly. like you
1: said at the beginning, a lot of people think I'm either uh, doing it myself or I have a lot of money and that gap needs to be closed. Yes. <laughs> and we all need to realize, hey, there are services <laughs> and programs and bootcamps and instructions for us to learn, but it definitely needs to come from a place of clarity and understanding of how valuable our spaces are.
0: Yes. So I know that you have a free gift for my audience. So why don't you share that with us?
1: I do. Um, I have a guide with four keys to unlock the self care power of your home, and all it, what I've done is I've taken uh, what a lot of mental health um, and awareness specialists are saying about staying positive and creating joy, and um, you know avoiding negative talk and using all those um, tips and ideas that apply to our personal well being applying it into our physical spaces Mm -hmm. so for example if you're talking about seek joy seek joy on a personal basis but there are ways that your home can can give you that joy as well so these four keys um can be unlocked and if we are intentional so this is a, a very practical guide with things that we can do and start doing today within our home, ourselves, to create a home that takes care of us.
0: Oh, that is fantastic. Thank you so much, Jessica. And that guide will be available on the uh, webpage for this particular episode. So that's in her eyes It's in her eyes podcast, all one word com. Episode zero one two. So episode zero, one, two. Um, Yeah. So no, I know everybody's going to be dying to get their hands on this. How else can they find you, Jessica? Because I know everybody's going to want to follow along and see all of the amazing teaching that you do on Instagram. I mean, you, you just fill the world with so much knowledge. (laughs) I just love that. So how can we find you?
1: I will tell everyone, come hang out with me on Instagram. So I'm at at interiors underscore by underscore Jessica. So interiors by Jessica, but there are underscores in between the three words. And I have weekly lives and we talk all things to empower uh, first time homeowners or any first any homeowner to take action and solve, you know, those questions that they have and just come and feel inspired to create that home that takes care of you on a first time homeowner's budget.
0: That's so wonderful. So, thank you. Thank you for being here today, Jessica.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm. I think what you're doing is wonderful. I oh. think uh, empowering moms to do, to, to create rooms with, for her daughters, but with their eyes in the process is what we need to do to, yeah. to help them, to celebrate them.
0: Thank you, yes, yes, that's what it's all about. It's celebrating and making them feel as special as we know that they are, so yeah.
1: And don't they need it? Every girl needs to feel like that. Yeah. And, and who is better to do that than their biggest fans or, you know, moms.
0: Exactly, so. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, you first-time homeowners, you have no more excuses. Jessica just laid them all to rest. So all kidding aside, I hope you enjoyed that. Jessica is always a wealth of information and she always inspires me to take action, even in places that I have been putting off myself. So it's always a great reminder that every space in our home has the opportunity to bring us joy. So I am so grateful for to Jessica for being here and and providing us with a workbook where we can take concrete tangible actions on our projects to make sure that we're moving forward in the vision that we have for ourselves and our lives and the and the lives and visions of our family. So thank you Jessica and thank you my friend. Thank you my friend for listening, for being here today. It does mean so much to me. And let's not forget that design is a noun. Design is the action that we take when we're bringing to life something that inspires us. So have a wonderful week. And I hope to see you here next week for another exciting episode. Take care. Thank you for joining me here today on the In Her Eyes podcast. If you heard something today that resonated or helped you move forward on your design vision, please head over to the platform you get your podcasts and subscribe and it would mean the world to me for you to leave me a rating and review. The complete instructions for doing that are on the In Her Eyes podcast website. That's inhereyespodcast.com forward slash review. And while you're there, be sure to grab my Bedroom Project Planning Workbook. It's the step-by-step guide to designing a room on any budget that truly supports your needs, your style, your habits, and you or your daughter will love coming home to with your 7 or 77. And it's my gift to you for tuning in if you have an idea for a podcast episode, something that you're struggling with or something that you'd like to hear more about, please fill out the form on the bottom of the page. I personally read every single submission. If it's something that I feel confidently that I can speak to and help you with, I'll absolutely create something that will help you out. And if it's something that I feel like someone else can guide you better. I will guide you to that person, I promise. Have a beautiful day, my friend. Until next week.